remember I said earlier that how hard it was to pray when mm. I was hurting. But I'd say when we were poor, it was easy to pray. Mm. It, it's a really interesting thing because we prayed and we saw miracles. Hello and welcome. I'm Tanya Reason, and this is the Gospel According to Mum, the show where we discuss the transformational work done in us by Jesus Christ as we live out motherhood and discipleship with Him. Today, we continue my conversation with Sharon Ward. In part two of this episode, Sharon talks more about how her perspective on abundant life was shaped by her rapidly multiplying family and the challenges that this created. The growing strain on her time, finances, and physical strength built on Sharon's ability to innovate, trusting God for his provision in unexpected ways, and led to the gathering of true riches in her life. And so, I mean, you, you've talked about wanting to be in control and, and that was taken away from you early on through mm. infertility. And I had a discussion with one of the other mums about how it's so difficult to hand our children off to other people because, you know, like God, mm. we know, everybody sort of knows what children need, but only we as mothers know how mm. they need to receive it. Mm. But at this point, you really have to hand over to your husband. Mm. And to other people who, who helped us, who came into the helm of our home and helped us. And one thing I'll say about control, because we always look at control as such a negative thing, and there's certainly elements to it. But also, in this time of sickness, the fact that I wanted to have some control was also innovation. It helped me to learn how to be innovative, to to build my life again, to mm. be strong, to gain back some control yeah. and some patterns in living. And that was a positive thing. Mm. So there is positive in that too. Yeah. Of mm. how to involve other people, how to what again is in my hand, of how we can rebuild this home. We all want our homes to prosper, don't mm. we? And our children yeah. to prosper and life to be in our homes. So it started to make me quite a strong, a much stronger person. Mm. Mm. Well, the world sort of teaches us too that prosperity is what you've generated. Mm. That's, you know, your own personal prosperity. But in this case, it's not a, not just about how your children need to receive it, but even who they need to receive Absolutely. it from. With yes. five children, have you found that I mean, have you found that there have been points where some they've needed someone other than you oh, to speak into their lives? And, and has that been difficult to accept? Or? No, not at all. I mean, they've had lots of other people. So due to through this time, I started to be eligible to have a nanny come and help us in the home. So it would be girls who'd be in training at the college. And um, in the end, I think I had four nannies over that next period of the next few years who would come to me I think I had one most days of the week and they would come and be a help and every one of those nannies would come on holiday they grew to love our family they didn't have to come on holiday with us mm -hmm. but they would come on holiday with us and all of them came to Christ wow we just enveloped them in our, our home but I have to say here Tanya why would they not yeah they they there was our home it was full of the love of God mm. and I think sometimes when I'm talking let's that he was there you know, he was very visible there in our time that we had with the children. And they mm. all discovered him and they'd come away with us and we built life with them. So we started use, getting used to people then living with us, even in our tiny home. We'd find it's really interesting when you haven't got a lot of space, it's easier to make space 
for people to come in than when you've got a big home. Mm. It, it, it's, it, and so at one point, it wasn't in this house, but when we moved to our next house, I had 13 people living in our house. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're not using bowls for cooking at that point, you're using buckets, aren't you? <laughs> so. They were mainly students from all over the world, mm. and this is skipping few a few uh, skipping forward a few years of learning what capacity that we can have. And I remember we were in a bigger home then when we did have a few more bedrooms, so we did have more space. Um, but um, I just learned to fill the home, mm. and so it's being innovative again. I needed to find ways to make money, so. Mm. There was a few other things I did, but one of the ways was to have students. And so we had students from China, from Germany, from Spain, from, um, where else did we have them, from Japan. It, it was great fun. Our children loved it. Now, a little secret here is if you've got people staying with you, your children tend to behave better as well. All right. So, <laughs> and remember, I run military style, so... <laughs> And so, so one trap popped into my head. Then I imagine the whistle and yeah, that's fine. And so you know, the table became large, and we would have amazing conversations about God around the table, and mm. we would run our family times, and they were a lot easier to run when we had students with us as well, right. because family times running those with five children was very challenging yeah you know we sometimes be around the table and the children would be kicking each other on the table i remember once one of them was swinging the chair so much they fell off the back and banged the head and it was anything to distract because you know mum and dad this isn't exciting enough you know we can you just hurry up and get it done whereas (laughs) when we used to have other people around the table with us we would carry on with those times and the children would be much better behaved to the band madness yeah. as well but um oh, we we were enriched by so many people coming mm. through our home for our children seeing the diversity of culture yeah. the the way that as parents that we can navigate that and juggle things and you don't have to be a great cook you just need to know how to multiply food yeah. you know and how to be savvy and I'd learnt that in those times when particularly we had really hardly any money, Mm. when we couldn't afford to buy meat. And, you know, those times that were hard when they were younger, I had learnt great skills that then I managed to to multiply when we had many, yeah, many people. And they were tough times. I was nannying a bit at the time. I was running a music group. I was running Jolly Tots. And then I decided to retrain as a midwife in the middle of it all as well, while Simon was up in London doing Masters. So remember, in some of this time, he wasn't even there. But I just managed to delegate and to make life happen. And I look back and think it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked a bit about um, God's provision of time. In, in this podcast and, and also around um, financial provision and yes. and of course there are times when finances flow easily yes but you know you've had times where they haven't you've you know through through choice and circumstance you've we were a yes. stay-at-home mum yeah obviously with five kids there was, know, there was no, um, no point in doing anything else. Well, that's it, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'd had to have been in a pretty good job to yeah. afford <laughs> daycare. And remember, I didn't have family nearby. So, you know, that's you can rely on friends it? a little mm. bit for here and there, but not for looking after five children for the yeah, day. Yeah. And so early on, you'd moved into a new area and a new mm. church. So you didn't mm. even have that 
community yes. around you. Yes. And you've talked about God providing. Um, obviously, there wasn't a lot of money flowing, mm. so he wasn't. There wasn't that kind of provision. Yes. But did you still feel, in terms of being innovative, that that you you were provided for? Absolutely. Was help that came and and the way you prayed for help to yes. that change. Yes. Remember, I said earlier that how hard it was to pray when mm. I was hurting. But I'd say, when we were poor, it was easy to pray. Mm. It, it's a really interesting thing because we prayed and we saw miracles. Mm. You know, we really didn't have a lot of money. It was a miracle that we could even live in this area. And, um, and I remember saying one night to the Lord when our children were young, we, I really want us to have a holiday. You know, I didn't know how we could afford mm. to go away on a holiday. And Simon had said about getting a caravan, but um, I mean, caravans weren't anywhere as near as expensive as they are today in Australia, but, but still they were pricey and we'd looked around and we couldn't afford a caravan. And, and so I remember that um, we, we'd said, God, can you show us how this will be possible? And then we had 50 pounds come to us in the post and then we found through a friend a caravan for 50 pounds right <laughs> and so that was our caravan and it used to sit um just in front of the, the the front yard is so small that the caravan we could turn on its side and just about fit in the front yard okay. and it was a tiny caravan and we had five children but we just built within it to built tiers of beds and they shared beds and all that kind of thing mm. and I remember us going on a holiday to Longleat Safari Park where you could camp in their grounds and we were in the grounds of this safari park at night and we could hear the lions roaring right you know what we could have been on the greatest safari in Africa that would have cost us how much yeah. and we were in a 50 pound caravan <laughs> And in the most exciting place that we could ever be with young children. Oh my goodness, we could hear the lions roar yeah. at night. I thought we were in Africa, except it was freezing cold. But there we are, always is in England. <laughs> yes. Even in the summer, in the sun. So, look, I'd have countless stories of where things would turn up financially at the right time it became such an exciting story and mm. journey and yet there was a reliance on God but there was also an innovation of but Sharon what have I put in your hand to earn money so mm. it wasn't like God I just want you to pour money out of heaven via other people mm. I have a responsibility to do all I can to earn some money so that on top of what Simon's earning that we can manage yeah. that we would have enough and we'd look at our end of year finances and think that wasn't possible how did we do that every year that happened and that has been the journey of our life all through the children being at home actually yeah. how did, it's only been in this latter season that it's been different that we've mm. been able to try and build up super and all the things that we couldn't do when they were younger mm. so I found that rivetingly exciting yeah you know to yeah. actually see God work and see him provide mm. um phenomenal times yeah. exciting times for our children to see as well and to see demonstrated and how to make something out of nothing mm. you know I learned how to do that a lot and I think that increased my capacity as a mother for the children but also for other people who would stay with us or our neighbours or um, that kind of thing that our capacity can be enormous 
God can increase the size of our tent to allow more and to allow more. Mm. And, and he's done that. Yeah. Mm. You reminded me actually of a capacity, a story. When we first moved into this house, mm. my husband had to rebuild the deck, which I'm sure was being held up by the hand of God because mm. it was complete. He, was, he actually kicked it down by standing on it when it was time to take it down. It was so rotten. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's a miracle no one died. But... Um, I remember he was he was out the front struggling away to get this deck built and lifting all these heavy things and drilling things in and I remember praying and saying, God, why don't you send someone to help him? Mm. And God said to me, um, why are you trying to stop him from being a man? Mm-hmm. Yes. And he came in afterwards and said, I learned so much from building that deck and I feel stronger. And I yes. thought, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. We we're so afraid of scarcity, mm-hmm. and you know, when you mentioned super, my skin tingled because mm-hmm. it's it's thrown at us all the time. You you need to plan for this now. Yes. You know. Um, but you're talking about a much more exciting life. Yes. <laughs> Some might call it precarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, going through that as a as a mum. Not yes. not preventing myself from really digging in mm. and being a mum. I've actually not prevented myself from being an effective woman. That's right, absolutely. And <coughs> what is wealth? You know, Simon and I very recently were up at a church um, right out bush here. And um, at the end of the church, um, this lady came past on her bike and said, Oh, would you like to come back for lunch? And that's a rarity, actually, to be asked that nowadays, mm. you know. And we knew that we had to get going. So I said to her, look, that's so kind of you, you know, but we've only got like half an hour, 45 minutes because we need to get home before all the roos come out and on the mm. roads and, and that kind of thing. So we went back to her house and, oh, my gosh, it took me back. It was so profound because she had this little home with a wooden floor. She had no table. Her, she put a tablecloth on the floor. And we sat on the floor around the tablecloth and lunch was two oranges cut up and some bread broken. And that was for six of us, for her two children, her and her husband and us. And I tell you, it's the best lunch I had in a long time. It was very powerful. And yet the generosity of her heart. Mm. I thought, how many times have we thought, oh, I couldn't have you back for, for lunch. I'm not quite sure what's in the fridge can muster up what's in the fridge yeah. I've always got enough food for someone to come to lunch mm. in my fridge and in my home I may not give you the most lavish meal but I've got an orange and some bread yeah. and the generosity was just oodling out of her and there was no shame mm. she never said oh I'm sorry this is all we've got there was no shame it was so beautiful mm. I thought that's not something we see very often in Australia no. and they were from another culture um, but um, oh, it was very and so amazing. willing to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's almost as if when we have more, we become more ashamed somehow. Yes, that's odd. Isn't All this it? competitive, you know, who can do mm. the best entertaining or the best meal? That's not what entertaining is, isn't it? It's the heart. It's the generosity yeah. of the heart and the connection with people, and the praying together. And mm. I remember, you know, when she said grace, it was just so much gratitude to God. Mm. And I, I tell you, I had sweaty eyes. Yeah. Was, um, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It makes you realise, doesn't it, that it's actually the people that matter. I've it's often thought that at, at different times I've gone into situations and I've realised more and more, and if I have any regrets about my life, it's that I was busy 
busy wherever I was thinking, what am I doing here? Mm. Instead of thinking, who am I talking to here? Yes, yes, that's right. I'd love to be able to go back yes. and do it again and, and actually talk to the people that I yes. was with in because a more meaningful way. Isn't it? yeah. It's heart connection. And that's what is so, so beautiful. God has made us to connect into each other, to share this life together. Mm. And that's the poverty of our nation in Australia is that that we're all so isolated, living in our own homes. And it's not an easy thing to fix, mm. is it? But it's a yearning. I certainly know it is in my heart, mm. and I think it is in a lot of our hearts to to actually have that, which is part of what church community provides yeah. as well. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so going back to prayer um, and children, mm. and I must admit I'm heartened slightly to hear you say that, you know, you've got, you're trying to have family sessions talking about God and your kids kicking each other under <laughs> the table. <laughs> because we spend a lot of time talking about hitting each other and kicking each other. <laughs> and, you know, trying to trying to get the kids involved. But, I mean, you, you've been through a lot and we're probably backtracking, but, but how did prayer change for you with now five children and a house full of people mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine you would have had a m- much more of a reflective, mm-hmm. peaceful approach before all of that <laughs> happened. I mean, my life was now full. It was, I don't think that, I think peace is an interesting word, isn't it? Because I, I understand the dy- dynamic of the world, but there's also that personality that we have within that too. I think that... Um, with having prayer after the children it became a lot more of an ongoing thing but I still and and I think many of us as mums would say that you know and it would be cry for help me lord or you know when I'm in the toilet sitting on the toilet there's big you know prayers going up there Mm. but but I still needed time with him Mm. and so there came the English bath Mm. and um I found the bath the most relaxing place, a lovely hot bath, bubble bath, that warms me to my bones. And I put my head back and I reflect with God in prayer Mm. on my day, on the things that are troubling me, on the things of who he is, on troubleshooting with him of Mm. life, you know. So the, the bath became my secret place with him. And, um, you know, obviously we don't shy of share the bath with anybody else. And I think there's a humour in that because I would love being in groups of people and praying with others. But I couldn't do that in the bath. Yeah. <laughs> Not appropriately. <laughs> Not in this podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> and so it, it became this haven, this secret place and, and where God would speak to me. Mm. And it was there. And the other place would be when I'd wake up in the morning, you know, in that lull that you're often in between I can't say I know <laughs> no. just at the moment no, with young children <laughs> I'm probably often in a lull <laughs> but it was almost this lull between sleep and wake mm, yeah. and I found he'd start to speak to me there mm. and I'd have a notebook behind the bed because the spirit the Holy Spirit would speak to me and it was so much more profound than I could ever work out anything mm. myself so it was that time and the time in the bath now I wasn't somebody if I sat down at a table try and have a quiet time uh-uh, I quickly learned that just didn't work and mm. and I'd never 
especially in the church days when quiet time of doing it that way and doing every day with Jesus was the way. I mean, I would do that and try and be a good Christian, but it didn't really work for me. Mm. So I had to, it was more prayer and reflection. And then when I'd read the Bible, it would be often big chunks. I would just ravish bits, Mm. you know, because I couldn't just read a little bit. I I needed to ravish the story or find out what was happening and then talk to if it was a small group or, I mean, I was lucky having Simon that I would often, we would mull things over and Mm. work out what this was saying. So, um, but yes, the bath. So when I came to Australia, that was really challenging Mm. because... I, I hadn't quite even thought about the fact that in Australian houses you may not have a nice deep bath for me. <laughs> so I remember the first house we arrived in and there was what I call, you have in Australia, these toddler baths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that are not very deep. Yeah. But but hey, I needed a, a bath. I needed to make a bath work. So Concertini or <laughs> I did. I kind of filled the bath up as full as I could <laughs> and worked out my body mass so yeah, that's I could the displacement. <laughs> displacement so that I could submerge my whole body mm. under this bath put my head back and enter into that space and I, mm. I made it work but I remember I had to have my feet and like legs out yeah. over one side <laughs> but I needed to feel the warm water mm. and that you know surging into my and I think everything connected Mm. we're body soul and spirit and that gave me space to allow those god knew what i needed Mm. so everywhere i went i had to develop some form of bath yeah a pool didn't work it had to be a bath so even in one place we built an outside bath so that i could still have a bath because i needed that time with god so there we are innovation yeah and he knows what i need and i would make it happen now, we have got a spa now. This is now prosperity. I have yes. a spa, so now I can get in the bath or the spa with other people. <laughs> but, um, but interestingly, the spa doesn't work the same. It's still the bath. And I think there's an association there. Yeah. 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 Time with my God. Yeah. Um, I'm tempted to make an inappropriate joke about the jets, but no way. <laughs> Go for it. <All> right. <laughs> Some things have Tell to be sacred. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be in the bloopers. <laughs> um, it's interesting what you say about water, because when you're talking there, you reminded me after I was baptized. Mm. I remember for some months afterwards, just the joy of being in the shower and feeling the water again. It was yes. like reliving yes. the experience again. I used to yes. relish just going into the water again. Mm. So I know where you're coming from. It's you, yes. you get into these ways of reaching God and yes and we're tactile beings aren't we you know he's made us sensory yeah and you know sometimes that sense of the Holy Spirit will feel in different ways to different Mm. ones of us but we can sense his presence we're tactile there's a richness there's a you know I often describe my faith and my knowing Jesus like a fire that burns within Mm. me it's I'm tactile I feel it it's yeah. like a burning fire that will never go out. Yeah. And like sometimes it feels hotter than others, doesn't it? But it's there. Yeah. It will always it's always there being kindled in mm. different ways. Mm. Yeah. Actually that being being sometimes hotter than others. I'm I'm learning recently that um sometimes I don't have the, the sensation of God mm. but trusting that that doesn't mean he's gone. Mm. That's correct. Yeah, and Absolutely. I think you you have that with 
with motherhood, yes, don't you? Because yes. there's so many times where you can't sit and, yes. and feel or yes. soak or whatever mm. words we like to use yes. now. Yes. You really have to trust he's still there with you. And I think something in that, that's where I think knowing, um, having some knowledge of the Bible is good in the sense, I know what you mean, Tanya, of when I don't feel, I feel, you know, in that time of infertility and in some of those hard anguish times, I didn't feel him. I mm. felt like he was gone. But my knowledge of God says, actually, however I feel, he isn't gone mm. because he is. It's just about how I feel. Yeah. And so he still is. And that gives me great comfort that he still is, even though I don't feel he is. Yeah. He still is. Yeah. And man, that's a mighty God mm. that I serve. That is a rock yeah. that I can stand on. That's a sure foundation, isn't it? Mm. He is... Mm all of those things despite me yeah and even if I want him to not be he still is yeah even if I'm angry at him he still is even if I'm despairing in anguish and fearful he still is mm. um, and I know that my redeemer lives um, however I feel thanks for listening today you can find out more about the show our guests and subscribe and download through all our channels by visiting the gospel according to mum.com in part three of my conversation with Sharon We reflect on the ongoing relationships we build with our family and the connections God reveals to us through deep commitment to building those bonds. In the meantime, be encouraged, friend, and remember the God who taught you to love will not leave you as you walk with him more and more at your own pace. I'm Tanya Reason, and you've been listening to The Gospel According to Mum. Till next time.